Welcome to Ask Sam, uh, our little real estate show where we tackle some real estate questions. Come on a little bit later this morning. Geez, Jason was doing a good job this morning, wasn't he? Um, I really uh, enjoyed his chat about uh, tackling uh, the seven plans of real estate. It's a big job, real estate investing, really, really big job. Um, you know, you've got to think about your buying power plan, your finance plan. Uh, you've got to look at a capital growth plan, a rental growth plan, debt reduction. Hey, Alison. Um, hopefully you're hearing me okay. Hey, look, um, Jason did a great job this morning. Seven plans. Um, if you're not across the seven plans to real estate wealth, um, you need to get across them. And this is, this is why real estate is actually beyond just buying a property. And I think, you know, so many people capable of buying a property, but it's the other stuff that glues it all together. How are you going to pay off the debt? How are you going to um, put up the rents? All these kind of things. Um, how are you going to acquire another asset? It all makes a lot of sense. So, hey, look, got a question. Um, how do I know what I'm doing is right? And uh, this, is, uh, this is a doozy. How do we know that um, you know, we're on the right track with what we go out and buy? So I thought I'd tackle it. Um, I've come along a bit late. I thought it might be nice after Jason's talk to give a little space between him and uh, myself, uh, between the two dialogues. Uh, this is a good question, and I think the best way to answer it is um, how to avoid getting it wrong rather than, uh, you know, tackling what is right. I like to, you know, first um, categorize this. I've created a little, little slide here so you guys can see it, a little visual slide. Um, firstly, you know, can you afford it? That is uh, really one of the big questions with real estate. And equally, can you afford it if the market landscape changes, if inflation goes up? Uh, can you afford it if your, um, you know, salary changes? How are you going to afford the property is, is really the biggest question of knowing that you're on the right track with this stuff um, called owning a property. Uh, the second thing really is part of the, the the sort of seven plans. You know, do you have a growth plan? Like if you don't really know what you're doing with your property, you've sort of bought it, you went through the hype of buying it, you don't understand where the growth is going to come from for the asset, then uh, you probably do need to to have a good look at that. And it could be urban gentrification. It could be tightly held markets. Um, it could be a whole plethora of things, place economics um, that is driving your investment along. But if you don't know it, uh, quite often it's hard to understand if you're on the right track. And not every property is prone to capital growth. Um, you know, I think uh, there are some really good conversations about the overall return of some properties in the real estate marketplace, and that really some. Uh, properties, when you put it in the context of greater investment, are underperformers, absolute underperformers. And so um, we need to know our growth plan. We need to know our rental growth plan. This is something uh, I'm very buoyant about, what uh, the future looks like for your rental proposition. You know, Australia being split down the middle, have and have not society, aren't we? Um, a lot of people struggling to make ends meet a lot of areas which you know families with the dog um with repairs the maintenance uh the 
active lifestyle, just, you know, they spend everything um, by the end of the week. And so putting the rent up in some of these markets, very, very difficult. So we've got to understand where we're going to get rental growth. So these are kind of things um, back at the beer coaster. We'll have a bit of a tick box. Uh, does the asset have intrinsic tax value? Now, this one's an interesting one because um, owning real estate and being on the right track is about owning real estate over the longer term. And of course, um, you know, some properties, you know, built after 1984 get tax incentives. So they've got an intrinsic element of cash flow coming into the asset. And of course, that in itself can help prop up your cash flow position. A lot of people don't um, play the tax system for the maximum result. Um, for example, uh, a lot of property investors claim their tax weekly. Think about that, right? Like all of a sudden, the asset you may own, which is uh, which was purchased after 1984, allows you certain kind of deductions off your income tax um, rather than waiting to the end of the financial year, uh, you can absolutely claim your tax weekly. All of a sudden, that puts an extra $100, extra $200, uh, extra $500, depending on you, in your weekly income. And as such, all of a sudden, you're saving deposits faster. You're um, dealing with problems faster. You're reinvesting that capital faster. You know, one could argue you could get a sub more superior return than the ATO on your own money. So again, uh, these are coming a couple of the levers which I think you know you need to know you're on the right um, pathway if you have that. Could you sell the property easily? Uh, location and uh, of course, you know, I'm saying this right now. A lot of a lot of property investment is uh, you know is is pushing people in out of blue chip locations into uh, quasi-social uh, housing marketplaces. And, of course, easy to buy in a boom, a uh, lot harder to sell in a downturn. Um, so how easily is your asset uh, sellable? These are the things you need to factor in to know you're on the right track, um, to understand <clears throat> that your um, – yeah, moving in the right direction. <clears throat> Excuse me. Just had uh, a coconut protein ball and, uh, yeah, now I'm choking on coconut. Isn't that fun while you're doing a live? Um, the operating cost, cash flow, this is, this is a big one, right? Like, I mean, in real estate, we often focus on the gross return, but actually we need to uh, consider the net return of the asset, how the um, operating costs behind the property actually flow. And I think a lot of, uh, you know, property investors get this one a little bit wrong. Um, as a property kind of ages, the operating cost goes up. Uh, and as the operating co cost goes up, generally the rents go down because all of a sudden the property is of a certain age where Rents are not going up because the operating costs, the repairs and maintenance um, are not being looked after. So a lot of people um, are not on the right direction because they choose an asset with high operating costs and watch their rents actually um, just stagnate. And of course, with inflation, that's a problem. So uh, 
knowing you're on the right trajectory, low operating costs, rising rents, uh, not the other way around, which is, um, which is again, uh, challenges people. It challenges people. It puts people in a situation where, you know, they, uh, they feel a bit stressed with property. And, yeah, this is the thing about real estate. It is a game of stress. And, you know, I often, often see this why, you know, property investors um, get to a point where they own the property and, you know, that's where they stop. They don't look after the property. They don't renovate it. They don't activate things like Airbnb. They don't take on more challenges because they're kind of exhausted just doing the property acquisition part, let alone uh, playing with the property, adding value to the property that they have now bought. They kind of like, um, you know, are happy just to be a property investor. And then, of course, uh, all of a sudden, if they choose the wrong property to begin with, uh, the capital costs go up. Um, if the cap, uh, if capital is not spent on the property to look after it, the operating costs go up and the rents go down. It's basically the fundamental of uh, a depreciable asset, which is real estate. And uh, again, obviously, that just means, you know, we've got to be really mindful. Um, you know, we want to hold real estate. Uh, that's why it's called a buy and hold part. The whole part is the is the operating part, and uh, you know that's why it's known as a buy and hold strategy. Everyone focuses on the buy bit, but forgets the hold bit. Uh, insurance risk, big one. Obviously, you need to know you're on the right direction if you've got low insurance risk. Um, that's that's a given. You know, buying something, you know, I don't know, on a flood plain or. Uh, you know, close to something uh, with, you know, bushfire attack limits and, and all these kind of things, you know, obviously with, uh, you know, the, the climate situation we're going through, um, you probably want to avoid things with high insurance risk. Hey, Vera, thanks for, thanks for popping in. Um, probably uh, uh, another big one for me to know you're on the right direction is when you retire, what will the age of the property actually be that you own? And, uh, you know, this is this is where, again, a lot of people are facing a large operating cost problem at a retirement age because, you know, they've picked up an asset which, you know, today is 50 years old. They've got 20 years before they retire. So they're 70 years old. Oh, sorry, their property 70 years old the day they retire. Then they want to live off the income for 20 more years. And of course, all that uh, is going to do is put pressure on their retirement um, and no doubt swallow valuable income in retirement on operating costs of the real estate. So, you know, you want to get to, I think, to be on the right track with property investment, you know, you want to get to your retirement age with an asset probably no older than really about 30, 35 years. And, and the reason being, you know, it's usually got pretty good bones at about 35 years. There's generally not a lot of um, huge overhauls to do. You could always, uh, you know, increase the look and appeal of the asset through cosmetic improvement, renovation, things like that. But yeah, you know, you, you, you're basically, you know, you're not dealing with um, new roofs, you know, digging up plumbing, putting new electrics in, um, costly exercise, all this stuff. And, uh, of course, I think, you know, 
getting to retirement with a 20, 30, 35-year-old property allows you a good 20 years, a bit of a free hit, to be honest with you, without you know, major overhauls happening to happen. You'll, you'll have capital costs. You will have capital costs, but you know, not to the point where you're potentially thinking of just knocking down the property itself. And uh, if you look around society, there's a lot of knockdowns at the moment, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of established areas having to go through this where really the house on the, on the dwelling or the, uh, the apartment complex on the, on the property is, um, you know, it's just not, not, not well looked after, is it? And, uh, you know, I think sadly, you know, we saw, saw that, um, you know, piece on Miami um, of that apartment complex where in, you know, America, they don't have, uh, you know, they don't really have a strata fee. Um, strata fees are quite good, to be honest with you, because they actually uh, are a budget for capital improvements. So that's the point of them. They actually uh, have a fund, a sinking fund for capital costs. And a lot of investors, you know, when they buy houses and, and so forth, don't really factor in their capital cost situation. So again, it's, you know, the, the, you know, the, the ferry captain comes for his ticket one day, doesn't he? Um, so, you know, you just got to be really mindful around the age of the property when you're, uh, you know, when you're picking it up, but also what year you're probably going to step out of work and go into retirement. And the only reason we buy real estate is to not work. That's the point of real estate. So I think it's really uh, important that you know you're on the right track. So summing it up, can you afford it? Can you afford inflation? Inflation. Can you afford inflation? Uh, that's a big question for a lot of people. Um, make sure that that one's done. Do you have a growth plan? Do you have a rental growth plan? Do you have intrinsic tax value that you can claim weekly from your property investments to help your cash flow position? Could you sell the property easy? Location, location, location. What are the operating costs? What are the capital costs? What is the cash flow of the property? What are the insurance risks? And how old will the property be the day you actually want to live off the income of the asset? Some things to know you're on the right direction. Hopefully, you can tick most of those boxes and um, you're well on your way to a happy, happy retirement. Hey, thanks. It That's it for me. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I will end this live and uh, go and have some water to wash down coconut. All right. Uh-huh.